One of those ancient words is the word grace. Say it with me this morning, will you please? Grace. One more time. Grace. It's understanding what God has done for us through His Son, Jesus Christ. You know there's a little acrostic that we use, G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense. God giving to us what we do not deserve. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Peter. Will you please? 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter is writing to exiles. Those who are scattered abroad. Those who understand something about their salvation. Those who are born again to a living hope to an inheritance that is imperishable, but those that are struggling and going through some things, those that are trying to live out their faith with love and joy. And Peter reminds them of grace. There are 11 times in this little epistle where Peter talks about grace. He begins in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, where he says, Now grace and peace be with you. In verse 10, which we're going to look at this morning, he talks about the prophecy of grace given to us by Old Testament prophets. In verse 13, he tells us that we are to set our hope on grace grace. In chapter 3, verse 7, he says that husbands and wives are to dwell together as the ministers of grace. In chapter 5, in chapter 4, he talks about being stewards of the grace. Chapter 5, God gives us grace. God of all grace. And we are to stand in God's grace. That's eight times he mentions it. There are three other times. In chapter 2, verse 2, he talks about newborn babes desiring the pure milk of the word that ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And then in chapter 2, verse 19, we are to respect our masters. It's a gracious thing. And in in verse 10 of the same thing, of the same chapter, we are to be gracious in, in, in trials. Grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. And God gives to us the wonder of who he is as we understand his grace. My goal this morning is to help us recognize that there are five ways that grace helps us to grow. That allows us to focus on what God is doing in our lives. Our text this morning is beginning with verse 10 and working down through verse 12. You follow along in your copy of the scriptures, please, as I read that passage of scripture. Concerning this salvation, and Peter has talked about this salvation, the salvation of our souls. And he's talked about how it is a a salvation of resurrection. Concerning this salvation, the prophets... Who prophesied about the grace, there it is, circle that word in your Bibles, that was to be yours, searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you, in the things that have now been announced to you 
through those who preached the good news to you by the Holy Spirit, sent from heaven things into which angels long to look. Grace. Peter starts by reminding us that it is God's messengers of truth that help communicate grace to us. Now, he mentions here the prophets. And he begins with helping us understand that there were those who went before us that communicated grace. Now, a lot of times we think of prophets as those who are lawgivers, those who gave God's message of judgment. But it was all along a message of God's grace to his people. Now, if you read your Old Testament, you find out that there are the writing prophets They start with Isaiah and go through Malachi, the end of the Old Testament. And you are well aware that there are what we call major and minor prophets, and that has nothing to do with how important they were. It has to do with how long they wrote, how long their book was. So as you look at those books of Scripture, you discover that God communicated a message to his people. There are also the speaking prophets, Elijah, Elisha were speaking prophets to communicate God's message to his people, to speak truth in a very special way. You know, God brings people into our lives to communicate truth to us. May I ask you a question? Who has God graciously used in your life to help you understand his message? Talk to Mike. And Mike will tell you how God used a number of people in his and Heather's life to help them understand what God wanted them to do as they moved to Camp Berica. Stepping out by faith and recognizing that it was only God who could provide their needs. Who has God used in your life? You know, it's God's grace that he brings people to us and helps us to understand his message for our lives. And it's not just the word of God, although that is part of it. But it's people who come and put their arms around us and encourage us and minister to us and share with us and help us recognize what God is doing. Identify some of those people in your life, will you please? And can I encourage you just to drop them a note? Now, I'm not looking for a lot of mail this week, all right? But I think it's good for us to think about who God is using. And then I would ask you to ask yourself, how does God use me to communicate his truth to others? Mike mentioned this morning about mentoring and investing in staff people. And a lot of times we do that, and we have no idea how God uses that in their lives until they come back and say, you know what you said did this in my life, and God led me here. And i tell you what, there is nothing that will give you goosebumps more than knowing that God graciously privileged you to make a difference in somebody's life. And you know that's why we're here? We are here to serve God and to serve others. And we are here as God's messengers of truth. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Isn't it freeing to know the truth of God's word? Isn't it wonderful to recognize that we can live according to a standard that does not change? Here Peter identifies the prophets. 
Now, he also identifies the apostles. If you look down into verse 12, he talks about those who preached the good news to these people. Those were the apostles. And he also talks about angels. The last part of verse 12, he says, things into which angels long to look. You know, you and I have something that even angels don't have. We have a personal relationship with God knowing that God sent his son to die for our sins. Angels cannot comprehend that. And you and I have God's messengers of truth. The prophets, the apostles, angels don't even have that. And you and I are to be truth givers to those who are around us. Not only do we see God's messengers of truth, we see that these messengers searched and researched looking for the truth. Prophesied about the grace, verse 10, that was to be yours. They searched and inquired carefully. Now, the picture that we have here is those who are miners, who are looking for something valuable. I've had the privilege of visiting a couple of mines and going underneath the earth and, and seeing how, how those miners dug and, and looked for that which was valuable to them, whether it's copper or whether it's coal or, or whether it's gold, whatever it is. I even got a, a, a chance to shift for gold in Alaska. I found some too. I have it in a little bottle. The bottle is this big. And if you look at the bottom, you can see a flake. I paid 10 bucks to do that, and I'm told the flake is worth about three cents. But they mined out the treasures. And I want you to know how they did it. They did it carefully. You know, you and I live in a culture where we need to live out God's grace very carefully, knowing that it is God who gives us that grace. And it is God who teaches us his grace. And it is God who directs us in life. And we need to research and search what God has for our lives as his truth. There are a lot who would try to get our attention. There are a lot who would try to lead us astray. Scripture tells us to be sober, be vigilant, because our adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. And Scripture tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, against principalities, against wickedness in high places. And the first part of the armor that we are to put on is the belt of truth. And we need to make sure that we are understanding what truth is. Because Satan is a liar and the father of lies. And cannot be believed. Now, it should not surprise us that we have to research and search out truth. You remember Daniel had to do that. God gave him visions, and he sought to understand what God had given to him. You remember the magi, the wise men? 
They came looking for truth, didn't they? And they were searching out where the Christ child should be born. The Bereans, according to Acts chapter 17, were more noble than the Thessalonians, those from Thessalonica, because they searched the Scriptures daily to make sure that what they were being told was true. You and I need to search and research. Can I ask you this question? What are you doing to better understand God's great grace? What are you doing in your life to better understand God's great grace? Don't take it for granted. Research it. Search it. Grace changes everything. Ancient words... It's more than a word. It's more than a concept. It's a reality in our lives. Remember what Paul said? His grace is sufficient for us. You struggling? Start to learn how God's grace is sufficient for you. The Bible also tells us that it is God's grace that takes us through the issues of life. Do something this week that will help you understand a little bit more about God's grace. We also see that they were looking for an advent. Verse 11, these prophets who prophesied about grace inquired what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. Person. Who did the scriptures talk about? You can go back to Genesis chapter 3 where we find Adam and Eve falling. And at that point, God said that the seed of the woman who foreshadowed Christ would bruise the head of the serpent, a death blow to him, and he would send him. As you look through Old Testament scripture, you discover the wonder that Christ would come. The place of his birth is found in Micah chapter 5. The time of his birth is found in Daniel chapter 9. The manner of his birth is found in Isaiah chapter 7. His betrayal is found in Psalm 41. He would be sold for 30 pieces of silver in Zechariah chapter 11. In Zechariah chapter 13, we find that he was forsaken by his disciples. In Psalm 22, that he would die on a cross in Isaiah chapter 53, that he would be buried in the tomb of a rich man. All of this was proclaiming the advent, the person, and the chronos, the time of Christ. Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 4, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem them that are under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And here, Peter reminds them that it was the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, who helped them understand the person and time when Christ was coming. You remember that time that you received Jesus Christ as personal Savior? When the coming of Christ really was real in your life? Remember that? 
Remember how that helped you understand something about God's grace? What evidence of God's grace do you see in Jesus? John tells us, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And verse 14 of John chapter 1 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. I am so thankful that the person and time, the advent of Christ, is made known to us by the Holy Spirit of God who indwells us. And that was all predicted by the prophets. Let me give you an assignment this afternoon. Read Isaiah chapter 53, will you please? Isaiah chapter 53. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we were healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Aren't you thankful for that? And we see God's grace given to us in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. As you study grace, you find that the first time that word is mentioned, it's mentioned to Noah. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But God's grace was evidenced before that. Where God promised he would send a Savior, where God took Adam and Eve out of the garden so that they did not have to be condemned by their sin forever. It's all about grace. And then God sent his son, full of grace, full of truth, that you and I might know it's by grace we've been saved and not of ourselves. Gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. Grace changes everything. Amen? And it's found in the advent, the person of Jesus Christ. And grace is found in the suffering of Christ. I quoted Isaiah chapter 53 earlier. He was wounded for our trans. Think about that. Wounded for our transgressions. Bruised for our iniquities. He took your place. He took my place when he went to the cross and shed his precious blood and payment for our sins. We should have died. We deserve that. Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For by grace we have been saved through faith. And that not of ourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Remember how Peter confessed Christ? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He did that when Jesus asked his disciples, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Do you remember the answer? Some say you're Elijah, speaking prophet. Some say you're Isaiah, a writing prophet. Some say you're just a good man. And then Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the grace of God. You are the one who came to save us from our sins. And his glory which was to follow. I think it interesting that the end of verse 11 says, talks about subsequent glories, subsequent glories. You look at the life of Christ here on earth, and it wasn't very glorified, was it? He was rejected 
He was despised. He was hung on a cross. But the scripture says that God's highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every knee, that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? God has given to us so, so much. So, may I ask you? Do you understand that the grace of God that brought salvation hath appeared to all men? You recognize that in your life? That's what his suffering was all about. And one day he will be lifted up as King of kings and Lord of lords. So why did all this happen? The effect of all of this was serving not themselves. That's not the prophets. Verse 12. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you. Let that sink in. Why did the prophets do what they did? Well, to communicate God's grace. But it wasn't for themselves. It was for you, it was for me, so that we might know the message of God's grace. Isn't it nice to have somebody do something for you? Doesn't that make you feel good? Well, Peter is reminding these exiles, these that are living in the midst of trials, these that are trying to work out their faith with love and joy, that God's grace was communicated to them so that they might understand God's riches at Christ's expense, God giving to them that they, what they did not deserve. Now, I don't think the prophets really understood the calendar. I don't think they really recognized when Christ would come. In fact, between the last book in the Old Testament, Malachi, and the first book in the New Testament, Matthew, there are 400 silent years. I can't imagine going without a communication from God. Can you? My wife likes it when we talk when we have meaningful conversation. I kind of like to be quiet. They say women have 10,000 words that they need to use every day, whether or not any of them are important. I'm learning that when my wife wants to talk, I need to listen. I've gotten in the habit, if we're downstairs watching television, that when she starts to talk, I grab the remote and go mute. Now that's the television, not Connie. <laughs> because what she says is very, very important. I can't imagine going 400 years without hearing from God. But they did. Because the prophets didn't have a clue when Christ would come. And yet he came. And all that they have given to us is so that we might understand 
God's grace. We are living in the greatest time because we know God's grace. Amen? We're experiencing God's grace. Amen? We have a relationship with God through His Son because of His grace. Amen? What a great day this is. And we need to celebrate God's grace. And we need to share God's grace. So let me ask you. How can you share God's grace? You know, if we shared God's grace more, we might have more bell ringers. Because it's the grace of God that brings salvation that's appeared to all men through Jesus Christ. We're coming up on Easter. God's grace. And as the prophets did not serve themselves, but served us, you and I need to look around and serve others because of God's grace. And if you're not experiencing God's grace, you don't have anything to share with anybody else. But it's God's amazing grace that makes a difference in our lives. So the next time you read the Old Testament, Think about God's grace. God's grace through the prophets. God's grace is they searched and inquired, looking for the advent, the time and place when Christ would come, recognizing Christ in his suffering and his glory, and not serving themselves, but to communicate God's truth to those who need some encouragement. I trust you've been encouraged today. And I trust you've been encouraged because of God's amazing grace in your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for your faithfulness and the opportunity we have today to just be reminded of your amazing grace. We will sing in just a minute, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see amazing grace. And may that just strengthen us. May it focus us. And may it, Father, challenge us to share the wonder of that grace to those who need to know about it and who need to experience it. We love you, Father. And we thank you for sending your son full of grace and full of truth. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.